0: Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling
1: in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710 if you care to talk to me. If not, I'm just going to talk to you for the next hour. We also have Mets tickets to give away. We'll do that later in this hour. We're just reading uh, an article from Mike Puma of The Post regarding, Noah, uh, regarding uh, Dave Island, who goes on to talk about Noah Syndergaard. Let me read you some of these quotes here, and then we'll get into the Mets stuff. Island uh, I'm talking about Syndergaard. I just don't know where the expectations came from. Now, before I go any further, let me say that I like Dave Island. I loved what he said. It was probably my favorite quote uh, of all time, if not top three, when Harvey was talking about, oh, I pitched a good game. I thought I really settled down in the fourth and fifth innings, and four, five, and six were pretty good for me. And Island came out and said, yeah, that's great, but the game starts in the first inning. Based on that comment alone, if I were still a jersey buyer, I would go out and buy the jersey that Dave Island wears. Um, So I like Dave Allen, but I have a little bit of an issue with this article from Puma here. Okay, so he talks about Syndergaard. I just don't know where the expectations came from. He spent, what, two and a half years in the big leagues? So I don't know where all the expectations came from. I wasn't here for all that, but he's yet to do a whole lot at the major league level. Uh, Now, is he capable of it? Yeah, but he's 25 years old. Uh, And for the most part, he's given us a chance to win. Well, Dave, let me educate you for a change. The expectations were put on Syndergaard because when he came up here... He was pretty much dominant from the get-go in 2015. You yourself had admitted watching him in the World Series in 2015 and being impressed and blown away. Syndergaard put those expectations on himself as well the following year. Being a vocal, um, I don't even want to say cheerleader, but he was was the ace of that 2016 team. He carried that team on his back into the wild card game, pitched a, a hell of a game against Madison Bumgarner, uh, and it was a fun game until Connor Gillespie came up against Jairus Familia. Maybe a little bit before that, it started to be less fun. But anyway, Noah Syndergaard had, yeah, all right, two and a half years, whatever, before he went down with the injury last year. I understand he's not a uh, you know ten-year vet, but Syndergaard was a beast. He showed enough to be a beast, and he showed that he could be better than what he has been under your tutelage. That's number one. He just hasn't been. As, he, this is the worst he has been when healthy in his short career. I, I'm, that's just the facts. Look it up, slice it any way you want to. Noah Syndergaard this year, and I've been saying this for weeks, is having his worst year when healthy. Obviously throughout last year, lack of health, it's his worst year. Now there have only been a few, but this is the worst one by far. I'm not saying he can't get it turned around, and he'll be on the mound tomorrow. Coverage begins 6:05 right here, Mets Blue Jays. He'll be on the mound tomorrow, looking to go deep into a game and actually win a ball game here. They, they've lost the last three times he's taken the mound, the Mets. Not his fault, all his fault, but some of it is. And he was getting wrapped around by the Braves last, I remember, early on for a th- to the tune of a three spot in the first inning, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Syndergaard's got to be better. That's the bottom line. So, Island wants to say. Yeah, I don't know where the expectations come from. He's fine. Okay, he's wrong on that, but whatever. He goes on to say, for the most part, we're giving the team a chance to win, talking about the starting rotation, and that's what it's all about. Now, can't really quabble with that. Maybe it's not the starting rotation, it's the bullpen as well. The offense has been the Achilles heel for this team. It's been the consistent, the one constant. It's been the consistent problem for this team from start to finish. Even during that first 14 games, 12-2, and the offense was a problem. Um... Puma writes, you know, about Vargas and bringing up the ERA and all that stuff. The Mets have posted a 4.16 ERA, but obviously with Vargas getting tattooed, um, that's been bad. The Mets pitchers, again, this is Mike Puma in the post, Mets pitchers not named Vargas have pitched to a 3.79 ERA, which is fine. Not great. Not for a team that's built on starting rotation. It's fine. But it's not good enough. Uh, Before we get to the aforementioned Vargas, we'll touch on Harvey, who we were told... By Dave Allen, quote, he has seen the light. He has now since seen Cincinnati and actually pitched four scoreless innings in L.A. against the Dodgers. Not that I think Harvey's going to turn around. He still stinks, but still. Allen says he saw the light. Him and Callaway were supposed to fix Matt Harvey. They did not to a, to a point where he had to get DFA'd and has been traded basically in the first month of the season. Steven Matz has been up and down. Now, his last two starts have been very encouraging, allowing just solo home runs in the first inning in each of those last two starts, then settling down. But Matz, to date, has been inconsistent. You hope that there's no looking back now, that this is him moving forward. And then we get to Jason Vargas. Vargas is pitching to a 13.68 ERA. That is hideous. Island goes on to say, and I quote, I know who Jason Vargas is and what he's all about, and people haven't seen it, but he is going to be fine. Well, Mr. Island, all I can say is you better hope so, because by all accounts, it seems the main reason Jason Vargas was signed here was because you were his pitching coach in Kansas City, and you vouched for him, and Jason Vargas has been non-competitive. First, it was the L screen. Well, he wasn't comfortable. He's was thrown behind that screen. His mechanics were off. Well, what's the excuse for the last two times out? Why are they skipping him in the rotation? Because he's been terrible. Non-competitive. Can't get outs. The Mets are behind, basically, before he throws pitch number five in a ballgame. He's been awful. And they got... A year and a half, I mean, obviously this whole year, and the full next year worth of uh, contract for Jason Vargas. So you better find a way to fix him. You better hope that we haven't seen it yet. Because I'll tell you something, I'm watching, and you know what I saw? I can't even, look, gambling may be legalized, but the words I would use to describe Jason Vargas are not. I saw him before, and I've seen him after. And I've seen more than enough of Jason Vargas. One thing to be a bad starter, it's another thing to be non-competitive. And I respect Vargas for being accountable after the games. But you know what? Enough's enough. The guy's in the big leagues here. They could yank Harvey after four mediocre starts. They could you know, mess with Wheeler and have him start in the minor league because he wasn't getting it done. Jason Vargas better be on notice. I don't care what his contract says or who his pitching coach used to be. I mean, he better give you five, minimum five clean innings next time out. Nothing less than five for two runs or six for three runs, I'll even give you. Six innings, three runs for Jason Vargas, which is not great, but for him it'd be like, I mean, my goodness, that'd be like a complete game shutout. And maybe, you know what, maybe my expectations are too high for Vargas. I don't know where these, to Island's point, I don't know where these expectations come from. How about this? Do me a favor, Jason Vargas. Do all the Met fans a favor here next time out, whenever that may be, because they're skipping your spot in the rotation, rightfully so. Get through the first inning without allowing a run. Is it possible? Is that possible for Jason Vargas to actually pitch an inning, the first inning of the ballgame that he starts to not allow a run in said inning? Is it possible? Because I'm watching, Dave, and I ain't seen it. You're right. We haven't seen it. Be nice at some point if if we did, if he turned it around and became somewhat useful. So before I get to six innings, three runs, or five innings, two runs, let's get through the first inning without being behind the eight ball. Island goes on to say, I don't break it down between starters and relievers. We're one pitching staff. We go out and try to get 27 outs, no matter what the combination we have to give. For the most part, we've been doing enough to keep us in games, just haven't been able to reel off several wins in a row. We're seven out of eight. But I like the way we're trending. Some would say delusional. I mean, your best pitcher just threw 45 pitches in as grueling a first inning as I have ever seen in a regular season ball game. Yesterday, but they're trending in the right direction. Now I love Degrom; he'll be fine. And by the way, that first inning was a thing of beauty to watch. After the three walks, watching him work his way out of it—I mean, that's why you love Jacob Degrom. But he was—he was toast after that. I had no problem taking him out after the 45 pitch first inning. That was a very taxing, grueling inning. I was a little surprised when I found out he wasn't coming back out for the second, but I understood. Normally you'd flip out and go, what's, why, why is he out of the game? You understand. If you watch that inning, you understand the amount of work, the tax, the taxing that uh, Jacob DeGrom took in that first inning to get out of it unscathed. But Island thinks they're trending in the right direction. Well, let's see it. Starts with Syndergaard tomorrow night. He's due for a big one. All those high expectations on him. He's an opening day starter. You know what? He's proven he could be an ace before. Let's see him go out there and dominate the Blue Jays. Now, it'd be nice if the offense scored some runs for the pitching staff. That's one thing, you know, I do side with Island on. They have been, it's not like they've been awful. They just haven't been as great as they need to be. But with this lineup, they need to be essentially perfect. I mean, nobody's hitting a month and a half into the, the year. The Yankees got four guys with 10 home runs or more. It seems like nobody on the Mets is hitting any home runs. Bruce, Frazier, Conforto. I mean, outside of Cabrera, and I suspect with some power, nobody's hitting. Nobody. 800-321-0710, 800 80-321-0710. We'll do some Yankees on the other side. Plenty of Mets. Sports gambling. Anything else that you feel like talking about? We can talk about TV shows if you want. Any books that you read lately. Maybe we'll ask producer Mark some questions and what's what's on his mind. We could have some fun stuff with that. Mets take it's giveaway this hour. Matt Ehalt, as a matter of fact, on the other side when we come back. Matt Ehalt of the Record, talking Mets specifically. Sports Zone, Salicata and for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710-WOR.
0: You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete,
1: here's Sal Licata. Get some inside info with the Mets as we welcome in Matt Ehalt of the Record. Matt, before we get to the Mets, uh, you're the first sports writer I've had on since the news it's become legal uh, sports gambling. How do you think? And you don't have to get into your your personal self if you don't want to, if you don't feel comfortable. But you know, you've been around covering uh, you know the Mets for a while and other sports writers. How do you think the legalization of sports gambling will impact the writers and the media who watch these games on a day in day out basis?
2: Oh, I don't think it's going to have much of an effect. I think if, if they're gambling, they're already gambling. I don't think this is going to uh, have much of an effect on the uh, sports writing uh, community as a whole. I, I I I don't think this is going to uh, you know. Uh, at maybe I'm being naive here. I just think already, if you're gambling, there are ways to gamble.
1: Right, but do you? Is it an open conversation in the press box? I mean, I've been in some, but I've never. I'm I'm new. You know, I don't like going to press boxes anyway, and I'm not in there all the time, so it's not my comfort area. So I would never be talking about gambling in there. But is that something that happens? Like- uh, along the course of a season where guys are talking about gambling or no, not really?
2: Honestly, I'll tell you this. I mean, among sports writers, I, I've never had a conversation with anybody about uh, usually uh, – I, I can't ever recall anybody openly like a, a baseball writer talking about uh, betting on like a baseball game or something like that. Now, obviously, guys do their NCAA tournament pools. You know, they got their fantasy football stuff. You know, guys like to play cards on the road and stuff. But, like, honestly, I, I can't ever recall – hearing a conversation among anybody and saying like, Oh, I got money on this baseball game tonight or anything like that. So, I mean, that's just, but that, you know, like I said, that's just one guy. Uh,
1: but, you know... Yeah, no, I I want to get your feel. I I appreciate that. We're talking about Matty Holt of the regular. Let's get into the Mets. Um, If you were betting man, Matt, would you bet on the Mets? No, I'm not going to go there. Do you like... uh, Give me your take on Callaway and what's happening here in the last week or so. People knocking Callaway left and right, it seems. This was, after all, the Mickey magic early on. Do you think it's fair, the criticism that Mickey Callaway has received this last week?
2: Um... yeah, I mean, I think it's ultimately fair. Uh, I think he's handled himself well. Because, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, the lineup thing can't happen. So you got to get criticized for that. And then yesterday... You know, part of being a manager is when you make a decision, if it backfires, you're going to get criticized for it. Um, you know, he clearly showed yesterday uh, that the trust in Jerry Blevins is not there, so he stuck with Paul Seawall. So, I mean, hey, you're going to make decisions throughout the year. You, you're going to get criticized. I think it's how you handle it. And, you know, I, I give Callaway a lot of credit because after it happened on Wednesday, uh, he fell on the sword for everybody involved. He said, it's on me. It's Ultimately, it's my, you know, everything's there. Clearly, it's not a one-man's fault. There's a whole bunch of people who were involved uh, that messed up in that whole ordeal. But, you know, he he took the blame for it. So I'll say that. I mean, you know, when the Mets were 11-1, and 1, a lot was made of how well they were playing under Cowboy. I've always been a long believer in the thing that a lot more is revealed when stuff is not going well. How do you respond to it? And I'll say, you know, at least in terms of... Uh, what he puts out there, you know, uh, that we see on a day to day basis. Uh, I think he's doing a nice job with it so far.
1: So you have no problem with him being, and look, he's tried to remain calm and even keel with a great start, 12 and 2, and now in the 7 and 16 since. But I'm with you, Matt, that I think you learn most about somebody when things go wrong. And the Mets, they've been going wrong now for three weeks or so. They haven't been able to get out of it. So I know Callaway maybe handles it uh, with the personality, that even keel demeanor, that calm demeanor, but the team is yet to come out of this funk. I mean, so what we're learning about this team may be different than what we're learning about Callaway. It's not not so good for the team right now.
2: No, certainly they're, they're, they're honestly they're just they're a bad baseball team right now. I mean, I'm not saying that overall they're going to finish the year. Like I don't mean that like the, the Cincinnati Reds. They just you know when you when you go through a I mean what is it right now a a, what's the stretch, 8-17 uh, and 17 stretch, like, that's bad baseball. You, you essentially are playing terrible. Uh, you know, so th- there's a there's not a whole lot to like about this team at the moment, just the way they're playing. You know, the, the pitching, you have two guys you can rely on. Uh, beyond that, the bullpen's been a little bit shaky. Uh, you have Some other guys, you know, obviously offensively, nobody in that lineup is really hitting outside of his Druba Cabrera, who, uh, you know, I think we can all pin for an obvious regression candidate. So, you know, th- there's a lot with the Mets right now that I think can, uh, that's reason for concern.
1: Talking with Matt E. Holt of The Record. How unhealthy or healthy, whatever, is Johannes Cespedes? It looks like he's hobbling around out there. I know he homered yesterday. I get why they're forcing the issue getting him in the lineup. I respect Cespedes for trying to play at not 100%, but how significant of an injury is this, or a nagging thing is this what Cespedes meant?
2: Yeah, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I mean, it's looking like it's going to be one of those things, and, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. It's looking like this is not going to end well. This is one of those things where you just watch it move and you just say, yeah, he needs to be shut down. for for, He needs to really just get back, uh, you know, get back to 100%. Because, you know, I mean, how many times have we seen it with the Mets with Cespedes where he plays, then he runs a ball out, and then something feels bad, and then he's out for a month and a half. So, uh, you know, it's really one of those things where it it just – and maybe I'll be wrong – it just does not look like this is going to go somewhere – that's going to be in a good spot for the best
1: and, and the problem is Matt they're wasting him I mean they're forcing the issue playing him and look they they know better than you or I they know whether he's healthy or at least we assume that they know whether he's healthy enough to go out there and they'll give him some rest obviously today the off day I wouldn't expect him to play Wednesday the afternoon game and they're off again Thursday but they're not winning these games anyway I mean they're, they're losing ball games for three straight weeks with forcing him in the lineup so if there is a great risk there by playing him and it's only it's not going to get better I wouldn't think by playing him why not just shut him down for 10 days or so yeah
2: i i mean hey i'm of fact you know i'm, I'm always a guy i tend to say you know I, I when degrom missed the start i mean i i thought they should have just immediately said he's missing his next start we'll just give him an extra few days so you know i'm certainly in the play it safe uh, mode especially with how things tend to work out for the mets so yeah i, I mean i i think but you know the mets say the doctors want it and, uh, you know they say he's okay to do it And Cespedes, ultimately, you know, Cespedes is the one, if you look at the way the Mets have kind of handled things, you know, Cespedes has very much of a big say uh, in what gets decided here. You know, you look at last year where he played through some things, it's clear now that, you know, again, he's saying, hey, I want to be in the lineup. So, you know, the Mets with Cespedes, is not exactly a situation where, since he's been a, a member of the organization, to be honest, where they've kind of, uh been able to just dictate to him what goes on he has a very much of a big say in whether or not he
1: plays man good for him wanting to be out there have to respect that we was with Matt Ehalt of the record how about Jason Vargas Matt we know he's going to be skipped around this time in the rotation we expect him to take the you know next time that the fifth spot in the rotation comes up he's going to take the mound well, how long of a leash does Jason Vargas have here as a starting pitcher
2: you're seeing right now, it's not very long. I mean, they've already booted him for at least one start. Uh, you know, he, 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 boy, he's been, I mean, he's been terrible. I, I hate to be so blunt, but I mean, he's been awful. Uh, you know, really, the interesting thing is going to be for as much as we can all say the Mets made the right move moving up from Harvey, when you look at the team's depth at the moment, beyond the guys that got in the rotation, you know, their, their number six and seven starters at the moment are Lugo, who's been a valuable member of the bullpen, and Corey Oswald. You know, Chris Flexen. obviously, they didn't call him up so that, you know, he's below those guys. So, you know, you look at it, the depth just isn't there. I mean, hey, the Mets gave Jason Vargas $16 million thinking he's going to be a good pitcher. Like, they need him to deliver. Otherwise, that's just a sunken cost here. And, you know, if you take Lugo out of the bullpen, then the bullpen is going to take a hit. So, you know, the Mets need him to get on it. I mean, they've already shown you, I mean, that they're willing to consider. I mean, you know, the, the one of the biggest uh, praises I could give for this coaching staff is, they do put a lot into results. If you look at it, Wheeler, did it earn a spot out in the rotation out of camp? Goes to spring training. Harvey, he stinks. They they basically say, okay, we're done with you here. You know, Vargas, they pull. They say, hey, we're skipping you for a start. I mean, you know, you, there's something to be said for this. This uh, you know coaching staff so far has really put an emphasis on you gotta produce or we're gonna find somebody uh that we think could do the job better than you.
1: Yeah and the ultimate test is gonna be when Vargas goes out there next time and gets lit up again, what they do with him because of as you mentioned, the contract because of uh, Dave Island figure thinking Vargas is better than what he's shown here. If he gets lit up again, they're gonna have a problem. Maybe send him down to the minor I don't know what they're gonna do with him, but they can't keep running them out they there. Can't,
2: they can't uh uh I'd have to go over I'm pretty sure they can't send him. the I or uh, he'd have to consent to that. I assume it would be something, you know. I, right. Not, it,
1: well, I'd it, hope. It, 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 I, it would I'd be hope is... he'd. I'd hope he consent to that at the very least. I mean, jeez, I mean the guy can't get an out in the first inning without giving up three runs. So I'd hope he consent to that if the time comes. Couple more, Matt, before we let you go. You mentioned Matt Harvey. We all know he was traded to Cincinnati. Mets get Devin Mesoraco back in the deal. Seems to be a positive influence on the pitching staff, at least defensively. You think Mesoraco is going to have a positive impact on that staff moving forward?
2: Yes, but you know what? Ultimately, at the end of the day, they need him to hit. I mean, you know, Lomitone is a five defensive catcher. Nino is two. If he doesn't hit, then he's really not bringing that much more than the other guys were. I mean, you know, you look at it so far, uh, he's one for 13 as a bet. They, they need him to, to provide something offensively because, you know, uh, like I said, the other two guys – uh, they they were kind of more defensive guys, uh, you know, and now certainly he is better than those two, but if he's going to hit like 130 and provide nothing offensively, then the Mets are pretty much back to where they were uh, before, but you know, it'll be interesting to, to kind of see here uh, if his back gets going, you know, he claims he's healthy, he, uh, you know, the, there were some people who, who said, you know, he just needed some regular playing time here, but uh, you know, th- there are a lot of questions about Devin Bezzarocco, but I will say this, I, I do think the Mets made a nice move there. I you know, I'll admit I was wrong. I-, I can own it when I make a mistake. I thought for sure they would get nothing from Matt Harvey. I thought you were going to look at some... 38th round draft pick that they would say, oh, has upside. Uh, for them to get a starting catcher, uh, really, that was a very nice job by Sandy Aldo and his staff.
1: Yeah, I would have taken 10 bucks back to get some salary relief. That was uh, what I thought we were looking at uh, the Mets were going to get back from Harvey. Last one for you, Matt. Play resumes tomorrow. Mets and Blue Jays. Mets return home to City Field. Lost six straight, obviously getting swept on the last homestand. You expect Jay Bruce to be, and Bruce is back from paternity leave. You expect Bruce to be in the lineup at first base, and then they go Nimmo, Conforto, Cespedes in the outfields. Is that going to be a thing moving forward with this team, or do you think that's still going to be put on hold for a little bit?
2: I think they'll they'll use it intermittently here. I mean, you know, it, it's funny with Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, uh, when you look at his stats, it's really an interesting thing. And granted, some people might say, well, this is obvious. If you look at his season, he basically has had about five big games, and the rest of the games he hasn't done a whole bunch of anything. Like, he's had five games where he's hit six homers. Then if you take out his average in the other game. It basically, hits like 170. So you know the Mets claim though that they're saying, "Hey, you know what? He, the numbers are better than what you think. He he's doing his job." So you know, I don't think they're they're fully pressured to get him into the thing. And the other part about it right now is Conforto's not hitting. Like, and obviously everybody knows how good Michael Conforto can be, but. I mean, if you were strictly looking at it on a basis of whose bat should be in the lineup, you can't make more of a case, really, right now for Conforto than Gonzalez. I mean, they're they're pretty much doing very much the, the similar stuff. So, you know, it, it, it's a very interesting thing right now because they got to find the right mix to get this lineup going. And, I mean, I, I, I really think it's just going to come down to Conforto, Rosario, Bruce, the guys that, They have their – they need to do the job. I mean, you know, they don't have the big prospect in the minors outside of Dominic Smith, so if those guys don't start hitting – you know, the Mets are going to be in trouble here. I mean, they really need Michael Conforto to get back to Michael Conforto, uh, you know, upper-level uh, elite outfielder.
1: Yeah, no question. Conforto doesn't hit. Fold-up shop. I don't care who pitches. I don't care what else happens. If Conforto doesn't hit, they're finished. A quick note about tomorrow's lineup. Probably not Bruce at first because Jaime Garcia pitching for the Blue Jays. At least he's listed, so I wouldn't think they'd do that against the lefty. So we'll see what the lineup is. No, uh, yeah. no you'll
2: have that. My guess My guess tomorrow, you'll have uh, Lagarus in there. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have Lagaris in there.
1: So probably still, probably still Flores at first, and maybe I don't know, man, Who knows how they're gonna do it? It's well, not like, oh,
2: no, no, no. You, that's where, it is. yeah, I would, I would guess I, without looking at the numbers off the top of my head. if I'm guessing here, Flores is probably gonna be in there at either, uh, probably a third uh I, I, Maybe they'll put no, they'll probably put him at first. Maybe they'll put Reyes at third. Right. I don't know Reyes' numbers against uh, against. Uh, Garcia, there uh, we're looking at it right now. Oh, Reyes hits Garcia pretty well. I'm looking right he, 286 for his career. I bet you Reyes starts at third base. Right. Uh, Ligueras is in there, uh, and then they just decide between do they want Bruce in the outfield or Conforto. Uh, it'll be interesting to see though which game Cespedes plays. They've they've pretty much said he's only going to play one of them. Uh, do they get him in against uh, you know Garcia tomorrow? Who I'm looking at here, he only hits 125 against, or they can have him against half. We hits one ninety again. So it'll be interesting. I would bet if they want him against the soft thrower Garcia. I would think that Cespedes starts tomorrow and probably sits Wednesday, but uh, you
1: know. Agreed. Plus the after yeah, plus the day game after a night game, he'd probably sit. I mean, I, I obviously if he took off tomorrow it'd be two straight days in a row, but I I'm with you. I think Cespedes will be in there tomorrow. All right, Matt. Thanks for your time, appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Matt E. Holt of the record right there breaking down the Mets. We'll come back. Have your calls on the Metsies, 800 321 710. And we will have a pair of tickets to give away on the other side as well. It's Sal Akata in the Sports Zone filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 WOR.
2: This is the WOR
0: Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Lakata.
1: 800-321-0710. Taking your Mets calls right now. I was just texting with one of my uh, sports gambling buddies. And in case you haven't heard, sports gambling, basically now going to be legal in every state. Supreme Court shut down a federal law that prohibits uh, sports gambling, which now gives states the go-ahead to legalize betting on sports, each individual state. It's funny, he wrote back something I didn't even think of. Uh, Can't wait to get rewards program and rebates. <laughs> <laughs> Rewards for sports gambling. Oh my goodness! It's for reality. It's not even a joke anymore. Eddie in the Bronx. What's up, Eddie?
0: Hey Sha, how you doing? Good. What's up, Eddie? Hey, you know, hey, listen, I, I listen to you all the time, and you know, and you know, very positive. I know, listen, I know you work for the Will Palms, the Mess Organization, you know, but the truth is, if he builds a team, more people will come. You have to spend. You gotta spend.
1: Well, give me the uh, give me what uh, you uh, wanted, ways. Eddie. What did you, you want?
0: Listen, I remember listen, I remember we had Turner. We got rid of Turner. I re I liked it. Murphy. I re- no, don't don't get Murphy. Let's get Seth. Ces- why couldn't we get Seth and Murphy? Then we could assign from the Phillies that the Phillies signed Arietta Why why would we didn't assign them?
1: Well, we did a whole show on this on Thursday, Eddie. I'm not sure if you caught it, talking about that the Mets, and I may even have it in my notes here, the Mets had spent, I do have it, Mets spent $38.5 million on Bruce, Frazier, Vargas, Reyes, Swarzak. Uh, they could have had Hosmer and Arietta for $45 If you throw in Luke Roy, it would have been $51.5 million. That's a $13 million difference. So it's not necessarily about spending. It's about how they spend. And the Mets went for quantity over quality. And right now, it's looking like a bad team.
0: No, listen, listen, like always, I'm tired. I mean, I don't know if the Wilpons watch these games sometimes, but I'm tired of being second best from the Yankees in New York City. Don't they want a championship team?
1: Yeah, I'm tired of to it too, to- listen,
0: honestly. Sal, Sal, I have to go to work every day. I got to hear from these Yankee fans. Yeah, hmm. uh, hey, listen, just just like I told you last week, I told you last week, oh, the Yankees could be losing six years. And in the seventh inning, they could win the game. That's what exactly what happened. And the Mets, we have to count on, one. you know, we're, we're we're counting one one zip. We, we guarantee we're, we're going to lose this game. I know it already. I say oh, we're going to lose. Yeah, need, it was a fun. One zip. It was I a fun
1: two weeks. No it was a fun Eddie. Thanks for the call. I listen. I understand. I appreciate the call. I understand your frustration. And I think the Yankees doing so well, looking basically unbeatable right now, is not helping the Mets out at all. Uh, Yankees have four guys with ten home runs or more. The Mets have one guy with eight. Hmm. Well, if you add up, you know what? The, the Mets can't compete with the Yanks. So the Yanks have four guys with ten home runs or more. If you add up Cespedes and Conforto is one, you got eleven right there. And then let's add up as Drupal Cabrera and Frazier, and then you got eleven right there. And then take. Well, You know what? You could take Gonzalez and Frazier, and you got ten. And then take Cabrera, Flores, and Reyes. You know the middle infielders or the infielders there. Not middle infielders, but infielders. Reyes, Cabrera, Flores. That gets you ten. Gonzalez, Frazier, get you ten. As we mentioned, Cespedes, Conforto, get you eleven. Let's see if we could find a fourth pairing. No, no. I think I think that's it. It's about it. Not enough homers left on the team. So in comparison, yes, uh, the Mets are futile uh, when you compare them to the Yanks. Look, I thought the Mets put together a, I thought the Mets put together a team that could win the division this year. I thought the Mets put together not a World Championship team, but a team that could compete and contend. A solid team that would be good with the top part of that rotation: Syndergaard, Degrom, Mats. Those are the three I was relying on. I thought the lineup would be good around Conforto Cespedes. Conforto Cespedes going to do what they are going to do, and everybody else around them will contribute. One night it'd be Bruce, or one week it'd be Bruce, one week it'd be Frazier. You know those guys are um, you know, streaky hitters. But I thought they had enough in that lineup around Conforto and Cespedes to be a good lineup. The best in the NL East. I did not think the Mets were going to be on the level of the Yankees, but that's a whole different story. But right now, on May 14th, The Mets haven't even been a good lineup to compete in the NL East. I mean, the Phillies and Braves are putting them to shame. Forget the Nats who are red hot. It's not, I'm not going to rip the construction of the team. It would not have been the way that I would have gone about it, but I feel like based on Syndergaard DeGrom, who already built in, and again, taking it, figuring that Mats was going to finally take that step this year, I thought the lineup didn't have to be great. They didn't have to have big-time guys in that lineup. All offseason long, I was talking about Eric Hosmer. I was talking about Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, I did not want Jason Vargas. I did not love Frazier coming back. I didn't mind Bruce, but, you know, Bruce and Frazier are what they are. They're okay role pieces. Or maybe, maybe role pieces are a little bit um, too harsh. They're you know, I don't know, five or six hitters on a good lineup. Their guys are going to produce it. They can't be the guy in the lineup. But they weren't going to have to be if Cespedes and Conforto were doing what they're supposed to be doing. But they're not, and that's the biggest problem. I don't think there's any bigger culprit for the Mets' failures this year than Michael Conforto. And I love Conforto. I think he's their best hitter. At least I thought he was. This year, he has not even been close. Vernon is in Manhattan. What's up, Vern?
3: Hey, how you doing? How's everything? Yeah, not bad. I'm a full-season match ticket holder and stressed out. Yeah,
1: understood. You going to the game tomorrow, Vernon?
3: Yeah, I have to go out to bring a ticket to a friend of mine there. But if that friend wasn't going, I would stay home and just listen to you know what's weird,
1: You know what's weird, Vern? They've been so bad at home. I mean, I know they've struggled lately uh, overall anyway, but the Mets at home coming off losing, they're getting swept on a homestand by the Braves and Rockies. My goodness.
3: Yeah, but it takes me two trains to get out there. Mm. So it's it's like a stress for me. Uh, anyway, just um, this to mention about two things about the Mets. Of course, they're not hitting. And I had put uh, two questions to... Uh, Sandy Alderson. So let's go quickly to the one with, um, uh, goodness, uh, the second baseman is with the, um, Washington. Murphy. Yeah, Murphy. So he did admit to us in a closed room to all us um, full season ticket holders, he said he felt that's the biggest mistake he ever made. He said he should have done harder to keep uh, Murphy. So he felt bad about that. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. So then I put my question to him. I said, you know, Gary Cohen spoke on the radio one, I mean, on TV one time uh-huh. about the St. Louis Cardinals. He mentioned that they actually have two batting coaches, one for left handed batters and one for right handed batters. So I said to him, I said, did you ever think about actually hiring two batting coaches for left and right? So he said, it's something for him to think about. And I, before I hang up, I just want to say this. If the Mets can just get a left-handed and batting coach and a right-handed batting coach, I think things might change. And that's my thought for today. And You have a nice evening.
1: Thank you, Vern. I appreciate it. I don't think that's the issue. Uh, by the way, the Mets are 7-10 and 10 at home this year. Four of those wins came in the first homestand. Took the first two of the year from the Cardinals and then the last two of that first homestand from the Phils. So four of their seven home wins were in the first week of the season. I mean, that is ugly. Now I know they haven't had a ton of home games, but that is ugly. They gotta get they, they gotta get that fixed. They gotta be better at City Field. I mean, they got a bunch of home games coming up now as they begin tomorrow. What is this, two, five, six, seven, eight game homestand? And they need to do that. Da- it starts now. They need to do some damage on this homestand right now. Even if you split with the Blue Jays, two of three from the Diamondbacks, and then they need to take care of business with tomorrow and sweep them. Three, four, five, they need to go six and two at the very least on this homestand. I mean, they have been dreadful at home, but no, Vern, I disagree. I don't think it's about um, I don't think it's about having a batting coach from the left side and a batting coach from the right side. I, I think you could simplify it a little bit and just get players that can hit. I mean, it's as simple as that. Milk maybe this team goes on a tear here the second half of May. They, there's a big difference now. For years, when I first started here, I think yeah, started in 2014. There's a big difference between 2014 and 2018. In 2014, they didn't have the players. Even in 2015, they didn't have the players. They had the pitchers. They didn't have the players until they got Cespedes. And even then, they were light compared to others. In 2018, they have the players. They're just not producing. So that's what what gives you hope. Is that, okay, yeah, you don't love Frazier. He's not a three hundred hitter. He's not a, I know that batting average gets overlooked somehow. I mean, maybe that's part of the problem. Weighing a little too much on the walks. Oh, he's on base. Well, what good is it to somebody getting on base if there's nobody to drive him in? Anyway, Frazier's not a complete hitter. He's going to hit with some power occasionally. All right, he's going to get on base. But he's not a complete hitter. Same thing with Jay Bruce. Not a complete hitter. Conforto's supposed to be. Cespedes is supposed to be complete hitters. They have enough, though, in that lineup to where they should produce some offense to help out what should be a plus pitching staff. Big difference. Years ago, they didn't have that, and you'd scream for them to get that. Now they have major league. They have a major league lineup. They're just not hitting like it. Could be a lost year. Maybe Conforto's never going to come out of it. Then it's a lost year. But if he gets going and Cespedes gets healthier and starts to do what he can do more consistently... And you get something from Jay Bruce, who's got what two homers, two or three homers for Bruce. If you get something from them, Frazier, when he gets back in healthy, then you have a year. I mean, it's as simple as that. The guys there that they have have to produce eight hundred three two one zero seven ten Mets tickets. When we come back, Sports Zone with Salacata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the Voice of New York seven ten W O R.